0: Please in the Bibles so John chapter 4. We are going to continue on where we left off last time. Remember again, we are talking about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And uh, there's some question as to what sort of woman this is. I don't want to argue about that today. No. I, just to, uh, I just want to share with you just some of the things that show that Jesus is the Christ. We have been looking at that. You know, there's a lot of questions out there right now. There's a lot of things questioning our faith. And we need to understand why we believe in Jesus. Amen. Why is it? And the book of John gives us all these signs. It lets us know that he is the Christ in different ways. The Apostle John says something toward the end. He said, if I wrote everything down that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books to hold it. So don't ever look at the Gospel of John or any of the Gospels and think that's all he did. That's not all he did. They each wrote specifically for something. It was, you know, there was a reason for their writing. Matthew wrote to the Jews, you know, and so on and so forth. John wanted to make the point that he is the Son of God. That's why there's no genealogies in John. Have you noticed there's no begats and begats, and another one begat, another one, and that begat, that, and that. Oh, no begats. Do you know why? Because John wanted to let us know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then he came down. That's all you need to know, he says. <laughs> okay? You don't need to know about all the big yeah. We need to know that we are serving God. Not just a good guy, but God. Yeah. Do you understand that's what it took to redeem us? It took God on both sides of the equation to redeem us. A man couldn't redeem us because all men fell. Are you all here? Yeah. And it, I think it's incredible... That the same God that was in the beginning is the same God that lives in you. He lives in you. We need this revelation. We don't realize the powerhouse that's in there. (laughs) Let's continue. I, you know, okay. All right. Uh, So we found in John 4, 4 that Jesus said, or, or it said that he needed to go through Samaria. We talked about the fact that, well, we briefly discussed that Samaria and the, the Samaritans and the Jews were at odds with each other. There's a history of violence back there. We're not going into it, okay? <laughs> but Jesus said, "This is time. It's a it's time to reconcile." And so you know, that's the reason why he talked about the good Samaritan. You know, we we to us that's like, so who cares? To the Jews, it was like, "You gotta be kidding me." Think of your worst enemy and then put the word good in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, what, that's what the Jew heard. And he goes, you're kidding. And remember again, he used the example of the priest and the Levite, which is the priest helper, all crossing the road. And this guy didn't. That's right. And so now he's going through Samaria. Okay. All right. And so remember, he was wearied from his journey. He sat down at the well. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Verse 7. I'm just right. Don't worry, guys, at the back. I'll tell you when to start. And he said to her, give me a drink, which was a shock in itself. No Jew spoke to a Samaritan, let alone a woman. Do you know the Jews wouldn't even talk to their sister on the street? I'm serious, man. They had issues. Thank God for the church. And <laughs> I think God said, you know what? We need the church now. This, this ain't working out anymore. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm playing with you. Okay. All right. And it says, remember again, that the, the, the disciples had gone away to buy food, which in itself was like a bit of a revelation because the Jews wouldn't buy food from the Samaritans. I could just imagine when Jesus said to his disciples, go get food. He goes, that's Samaria. Yeah, go get food. Those are Samaritans. Yeah, go get food. They're unclean. Get the food. Okay. <laughs> you, know? you know Jews would do everything to avoid Samaria? And Jesus is going right through this den of thieves. <laughs> you know, unclean. Everywhere you walk, you're thinking, I'm getting unclean. That's, you see, that's the religious mentality. Jesus' mentality is, everywhere I go, I clean it by my presence. The religious mentality is, ooh, ooh, where is it unclean? I don't want to go there. Don't be religious. Okay. And so we got to the place where, uh, verse 9, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, isn't it interesting? He, he didn't just say, if you knew who was talking to you. He said, if you knew the gift. You know, Jesus is a gift to all of us. And he says, if you knew the gift of God who, uh, and who it is who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, that's what we need today. We're looking for something. Our, our soul is thirsting for something. It's that living water. Do you hear me? Yeah. Spiritually, when we get saved, we get born again. We become perfect spiritually, by the way. Did you all know that? Okay, nothing can be added to that thing. But your soul, I tell you, that's a whole other ball game. It It's kind of all over the place. It needs to drink. Amen. And you need to feed it the right stuff. Careful what you're feeding yourself. I won't tell you what not to eat. Because everybody's different. You know, it's a funny thing. uh, Let me just deal with this very quickly. Don't let people tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Do you know why? Because it may be bad for them, but okay for you. But there might be something that's okay for them. It ain't good for you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but brothers and sisters, so-and-so said it was okay. This wasn't, but that's okay. So I'm free to sin. Don't. There's no such thing. (laughs) Okay. It's all about your heart before God. Anything that gets in the way of that, you need to check up. That's all I'm going to say. All right. (laughs) So remember again that verse 11, we we looked at this, sir. She said, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? Remember again that this was a well. This was Jacob's well. Remember there was a spring going underneath it that filled it and, and fed it? And it was a bubbling spring. It was a very interesting thing that fed it. And he's going to use that same description to talk about the kind of life that he's going to give us. That will spring up from the inside of us. And in the way that that water, natural water, fed that well, this spiritual water would feed us. Amen. And will bubble up and overflow if we let it. All right. And uh, verse 13, he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain. See, this is what's so wonderful about the water that Jesus gives us. It doesn't run out. In fact, it bubbles up and feeds everybody around us. Hey. Did you get that? Don't go to the Lord and say, I'm going to use my Sri Lankan Sorry for the new people. Okay. Don't go out and say, you know, my wheel is running a little dry. Feed me, feed me. <laughs> you, sorry. I just want to, you know, we need to be careful that we're not doing stuff like that. I told you that your mouth feeds your well. That's right. Let me tell you that. I'm going to tell you now. Your mouth feeds your well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how you, you bring that water out. That's how you recharge your little well. You speak. You speak to yourself. It doesn't have to be just psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You can tell yourself, self, get up. You are more than a conqueror. God, you know it says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's why we can conquer because he loves us and he won't allow us to be conquered. Right. If we keep our eyes on God, we'll never get conquered. Remember the children of uh, Israel? Remember where they meant to go in the promised land? Joshua and Caleb said, we are more than able. And they said, we can't. We're going to die. So they all died. Moving on. That's a bad place to stop. But <laughs> remember the next generation. Remember when they went into the city, Rahab said that we were scared from the beginning that You know, I always think, how sad that would have been if we were doing a movie. Sometimes I like movies. Okay, if we're doing a movie, we, we would have had, you know, this group crying over here, going, we can't make it. Why did the Lord lead us out here? Just to die! And then the camera would pan over to, to this, the, the city that they were going to conquer. And they'd be running around going, we're going to die. We're going to die, those people. Their God separated the, the sea and, and killed all the Egyptians. We're in big trouble. We need to leave. That's what they're doing while well, these ones are crying. Do you, do you, just, you get that? Stop having a pity party. Go do what God said. They're already running away. You just need to get there and possess it. (sighs) If you got it, you got it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. Let's move on. Okay. He said, I shall give him. Or he says, the water I shall give him and her will become in him or her a fountain of living water. Springing up into eternal life. Verse. We haven't got to the verse today yet. All right. Remember, she said, Give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Remember, Jesus said, Here, you've said, Well, I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and one whom you uh, have now is not your husband. And and in that, he says, You spoke truly. And then she goes, I perceive you're a prophet. How'd you know that? (laughs) You know, nobody. Were you in time before? No? Okay. I, I think it's interesting. That she had five husbands, that five people were willing to marry her. I wonder what she, you know, what sort of person she was. Maybe she was a savvy businesswoman or something. I don't know. Maybe she was wealthy. Who knows? I mean, five guys are hanging out waiting to marry her. Something about her. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> she then asked him a question. And this was really important. She said, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And she said, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is a place one ought to worship. Now, this was really important, and we we sort of left it here. And I'm sorry it took so long to get here. But he says, woman, believe me. He says, I just love this. He says, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You know, he said it doesn't matter. Geographical locations won't matter anymore. Because this is a spiritual kingdom that's coming. Now we need to get a revelation of that because we tend to think of church as the place we go to. What's your church like? Well, (laughs) it's in here. If somebody says, what's your church like? Take a look. That's what the church looks like. You are the church. Wherever you go, that's just the building that holds the church. Nah, you need to get revelation. listen <laughs> we you know all those movies you see you know some evil is chasing somebody, and they just get to a church, just get to a church, like the building is going to do anything you're the church. you turn around. they flee from you, not the building. Do you hear me? Wherever you go. The Bible tells us, Corinthians tells us that you are the the temple of the Holy Ghost. We don't, see, we don't have that as a revelation. It's kind of one of those really snazzy little things that we know, but it's not a revelation. Because if it was, and it needs to be, and I pray that it is for you, okay? That if it is, then everywhere you go, the temple is going with you. Everywhere you go, God's going with you. You don't have to pray. You don't have to pray. Pray if you want to, but you don't have to pray. Oh, God, be with me. (laughs) Too late. He's stuck in you. The problem is God outside. you can't get out. Because you are the temple. And he dwells in you. And he walks with you. Amen? Okay. That's what this is now talking about. He says... You, don't, you won't be worshiping here or there. He says, verse 22, he goes on to talk about, you guys don't understand exactly what you worship because you've left half of the Bible out. That's what verse 22 says, so don't get stuck in it. Verse 23 says, but the hour is coming. Now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. He is looking for people who he who will worship him not in a building but in spirit not in you know things that kind of well the camera's on me Wait wait is my makeup okay All right that's the men too by the way <laughs> it's no it's in truth It's like who cares who's looking this is between me and you God I am not going to I'm not going to you know it's not a pretense this is real I have problems going to tell you. Do you know you need to be honest with God, by the way? Yeah. You know, you got a problem? Tell him, I got a problem. Don't, don't get all humble with God. And go Well, you know, Lord, you know, I have all these problems. I'm suffering for you. Don't have to help me. It's okay. I'll be a martyr for you. Stop it. We don't need that. We need more than conquerors. We need world overcomers. We need somebody to take charge. We need Jesus to work with someone. Do you know it says the Lord working with them? That's right. We still don't get it. You know, I always say this. We still don't get Genesis 1.26. And God said, let them have dominion. I want you to, want you to hear the word them. Boy, oh, I tell you. Oh, the men write to li- like to write the books. Let him have dominion. Uh, dude, it said them, them, T-H-E-M, them. And it didn't say let one have dominion over the other. Either way. Oh, I tell you, you know, it can go either way, that one. We are to have dominion together. Amen? That's another message for another time. All right. But I want you to notice something here. He said, the hour is coming. Now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking. Do you know God is looking? God is actually looking for this. The Father is seeking such to worship him. Now, don't look at that. Listen carefully. Don't look at that and say, oh, you know, God's just up there and he's a little depressed because you didn't worship him today. Mm-hmm. He has got angels, archangels, seraphim, cherubim around his throne that are worshiping a lot more than we can. Right. He doesn't need it. But he's looking for those whose hearts are right before him because he wants to bless you in ways you can't even imagine. Right. But he needs to know that your heart is Right? It's a sad thing when, you know, Christians sort of start getting more, they give less. Suddenly, it all becomes about them. And so the churches put the screws on people, and then they become covetous. You know there are covetous churches. If you're in one of those, get out of that as well. <laughs> you know, covetousness, I don't care where it is, it's bad. Amen. <laughs> Bet you didn't hear that in a church before. Anyway, back to this. You know, we need to be honest about these things, family, because God's looking on our heart. Right. Do you know this ministry is His? How we look after it, we're going to have to stand and account for it. Right. Amen? And He's not going to say, how did your church go? He's going to say, how did you do with my church? That's right. Oh, you thought it was yours. <laughs> I have bad news for you. It was mine and now you have to give an account for it. Mm, amen. Hallelujah. You know when things happen in this church? I said, God, your church has a problem. Take care of it. <laughs> it works both ways. He'll give me the wisdom. He'll give me everything I need. I don't worry about these things. You know, Jesus said, you just go and I'll put the words in your mouth as you need them. No, that's not, you know, excuse to be lazy and not study. You study and you pray and you do all those things. But don't you worry about knowing exactly what you need to say that you didn't quite get to that. You know, like those exams. You, you study everything but the exam questions. And you go, you don't know how much I know. Why did you ask these questions? Ask me some others. I'll get a hundred. He says, that won't happen to you. He says, you do the right thing. I'll give you supernatural wisdom and insider knowledge. You know what to say. And sometimes you might think, why did I say that? It was so stupid. And the person will come and go, you know the thing you said that? And you're thinking, yeah, yeah that's what did it. You go, what? Yeah, that did it. <laughs> A minister was... Sorry, I'm going to use this as an example. A minister was, <laughs> was speaking about fans and electricals. I'm thinking, oh my Lord, how dumb is that? And dad got saved on it. He goes, I suddenly realized... That I was an AC, you know, appliance plugged into a DC socket. I was stupid. I need to plug into AC. And he received Jesus as Lord. I would have lost that bet. I would have lost it. Do you understand? Let's move on, shall we? Uh, verse 24 says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. And truth. And now the woman goes on. I we need to move on. How long have I been going for? 21. Thank you. All right. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, <laughs> look at this. He says, I who speak to you am he, is not what he says. In the Greek, there is no he can I tell you what it says in the actual Greek? It says, I who speak to you am I am. Oh, that's the name for God. <laughs> let, let me just, I have to give you a commentary. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. In using the words I am, he was announcing to her the startling truth that the one capital O, who was speaking to her was the Messiah for whom she had been looking and that he was also God himself. The Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. Amen? And the you know, woman understood exactly what he meant because <laughs> she's going to take off in a minute. <laughs> in Ex- If you ever want to know where this is found, it's Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 where God said to Moses, I am who I am. Amen? And he says, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Boy. So that's what she heard. Amen. Verse 27. And at this point, the disciples came. (laughs) Can you see the perfect timing of God here? He finished with the conversation. Enter disciples. All right? And... uh, They marveled that he talked with the woman. I really like this. Yet no one said, who who do you seek, and why are you talking with her? They weren't going to say nothing. You know why? (laughs) Because they knew that even though he did some things that were a little bit questionable, he always had a great reason for it. Amen. You know, just like he said, fill the water pots. Okay. With what? Water. Okay. Now go serve it to the master of the feast. Okay. And he goes, this is the best wine ever. Okay. That's how our life is. Okay, okay. Okay. I get it. Hallelujah. There's a miracle there. Just do stuff. Stop arguing. You waste time. All right. Of course, make sure it's God. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, Let me just read this. No, no, I won't read it. All right, let's move on. All right, Lord. Uh, Verse 28. The woman left her water pot. Now, (laughs) Hendrickson says this. I I like some commentaries. He says, Has not the Lord made it very clear to her that that true worship is essentially spiritual in nature? And that it is the same for all individuals, whether they be Jew or Samaritans? Why then should a Jew hesitate to drink from a Samaritan vessel? Therefore, he says, she purposely leaves the jar at the well so that Jesus may use it to quench his thirst, knowing that she would be able to retrieve her pitcher on her return. And so she went her way into the city. And MacDonald says, wherever a person is saved, he or she immediately begins to think of others who are in need of the water of life. Amen. Amen says, and said to the men. Notice she's still avoiding the women. (laughs) Just a little footnote there. Said to the men, come and see a man who told me all things. Can I add the words that really mattered? That I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Do you know, it was very simple what she did. Let me tell you something. When you've had an encounter with God, Don't, how can I put this, underestimate, don't underestimate the anointing that is on you to go speak to someone. They may never listen to you, but when there's an anointing, people will start listening. Do you hear me? You can speak softly and it'll come out loud. They will hear because that anointing carries your words into their heart. And they'll know something about this is real. It doesn't matter the vessel. It matters the words. The words matter. Something that this person is saying, actually, I, it resonates in me. I know it's true. I need to go check this out. So don't ever look at yourself and say, yeah, but I don't have a... It doesn't matter. Moses gave all the excuses himself. How he couldn't speak to Pharaoh and everything. And God just said, go anyway. We need to go anyway. Hallelujah. Verse 30, then they went out of the city and came to him. 31. In the meantime, it's like a little movie, isn't it? In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. We just need to cover this very quickly because I want to show you something. But he said to them, I, <laughs> I have food to He's it. always confusing, these little disciples. He said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Okay? And then therefore the disciples said to one another, uh, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Did somebody get here before us? <laughs> he, he, we don't know what you're talking about again, Jesus. Verse 34, Then Jesus said to them, My food, which imparts satisfaction to me and in which my soul delights, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He said, That's my food. Do you know there is a sense of satisfaction when... <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is coming. Okay, (laughs) they're they're rehearsing. All right, (laughs) yes. There is a certain satisfaction, there is a certain feeding of the soul when you do what God has called you to do. Amen? There is something about it. And you know, a lot of people are hungry today and unsatisfied because they don't know what they need to be doing. They're looking for it everywhere except God. And it doesn't satisfy Verse 35, he says, do not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. Remember the Samaritans, we need to go check this out. They're all on their way. Somebody that was writing about this said, if you, from where Jesus was, you can actually see where the Samaritans would be coming. And there was a sea of them coming to him. These are the people, the Jews would have nothing to do with. And they all want God. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. He was there and he said, you come unto me all who thirst heavy laden. You just come to me. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 36. Now he, <laughs> he says, in ver- I'll quickly explain this to you. He says in verse, verse 36, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Meaning that this fruit is not only everlasting, the eternal life it brings, okay, to those who believe, but the rewards are as well. To both the sower and the reaper, and why it says that both the, uh, he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Now, verse 37, let me just read all it and I'll explain to you. He says, for in, this saying, uh, for in this, the saying is true, one sows another reaps. Verse 38, I sent you to reap. Uh, For which you have not labored, others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Now, in the uh, New International Version, sometimes I use it, okay, (laughs) it says, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So he's saying, listen, people have gone before you. There will always be somebody who sows the seed. You know, the Apostle Paul says, one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. Amen? And so there's always going to be, you know, don't ever be all proud that you got that person saved because somebody else might have planted a seed a long time ago to get them thinking about it. And don't ever be discouraged if you minister to someone and they didn't get saved because you don't know that seed that you planted in them, 10 years later somebody else reaps it. And you will receive the reward with them. That's what he says. Amen? So don't ever be discouraged and don't ever get in pride. Stay away from both. <laughs> Amen? All right. All right. Let's, let's continue. Verse 29. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. I want to just read this commentary. He says, as a result of the simple and forthright testimony of the woman of Samaria, many of her people believed on the Lord Jesus and she said uh, all she said was he told me all that i ever did and yet that was sufficient to bring others to the savior this this should be an encouragement to each of us to be simple courageous and direct in our witness for christ did you get all those things simple courageous and direct don't get complicated don't preach them the Old Testament and the New Testament and all the things in between. <laughs> I don't know, the gospels. <laughs> you know? And, and you know, and, and they're still standing there and they died of boredom. Don't go there. Be simple. Yeah. Listen, be courageous. You know, sometimes you just and when I say courageous, I don't mean uh, obnoxious. Come here, you heathen dog. Sit down. I need to <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, God love the world. Love them, love them. Okay, <laughs> you need to love people and you need to be there. You know, if you, a time comes when somebody says something about you. What is it? Don't be ashamed. That's the time you, you, you must not be ashamed. You know, you can say something like, you know, you may, may or may not believe this, but it's God in my life. They go, oh, you're a religious person. Oh, don't even say those words. I am so not religious. You want religion, go somewhere else. This is not religion. This is reality. This is relationship. Yeah. This do you want this? Tell me when you do. Simple. Don't have to go to church or anything. Nice if you did, but it's about God and you. Wanna meet him? I know how to get you there if you want. Pastor Verdi gave me a card. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs> okay. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. I love verse 42. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe. Not because of what you said. Watch now. For we ourselves have heard him, and we know that's faith. We know. We're not guessing. We know, amen, he says, we know that this indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Wow. What has John done? He has shown us, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Word dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he starts showing us how Jesus Christ is God in all the things He does. He shows us how He goes and turns water into wine. He shows us how He goes and speaks to Nicodemus. He he goes through all of these different things. One after the other, he's showing us. Now he's He's showing us that not only are the Jews, not only did the Jews see and realize, remember um, one of his disciples, one of the ones he picked up along the way, said, You are God, you are the Christ. That's in John chapter 1. But over and over again, there is this confirmation. There is this recognition. And now even the, the, the enemies of the Jews have recognized him. John's point is, do you not get this? These are not just friends saying this is the Messiah. These are people who are antagonistic against us. Saying, this is the guy. What more do you need? There's more coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because there's a healing going to take place next that's going to show that God doesn't need to put his hands on you to get you healed. You don't have to come and do, he doesn't have to do some mumbo jumbo and dance around you and sprinkle some stuff on you. And. He'll just say, go your way, the kid's healed, go. Don't, don't you need payment? Don't, aren't you going to dance around? No, 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 just go, it's Okay. <laughs> Amen, hallelujah Alright uh, <laughs> Let me read this again <laughs> So they said now we believe Not because of what you said But we ourselves have heard him And we know that this is indeed the Christ The Savior of the world Maurice says, Leon Morris says Faith is not faith as long as it rests On the testimony of another There must be personal knowledge of Christ If there is to be an authentic Christian experience you need to know it yourself you can't have somebody else's revelation amen all right now we're going to stop there because the next incident is going to talk about how Jesus heals a nobleman's son the reason that he heads off it says in verse 43 we'll pick this up next week he says in verse, verse 43 now after the two days he departed from there and went to Galilee if we went to Matthew's gospel Matthew chapter 4 and verse 12, we find out why he left. It's really sad. It says, now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. That's why he left. You know, it affected him. That was his cousin. Some believe. He's, it was a relative anyway. You know. And it was a sad, It was a sad thing for him. I'm not going to go into all the reasons why John was put into prison. He, you know, John is a prophet. Oh, I tell you, he confronts people It doesn't matter if you're the king or something else. Some religious hierarchy person. This happened to be the king. And uh, we won't go there today. All right. Hallelujah. What did we receive today? <laughs> we received the fact that Jesus comes to give us living water. Amen. And we need to receive that living water. And we need to be able to allow that living water to bubble up on the inside of us and flow out to the people around us. We need to feed those around us because they are, this world is pulling everybody down. The darkness is just pushing and pressing against the light in people. The light that you are cannot be extinguished. Jesus didn't say, you're trying to be the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So we just need to be light. Amen? And we need to bring light into people's lives. Do you know what a part of that light is? Peace. And joy, because it's strength. Are you all here? We need to bring those things to people. So that they can think clearly. Clearly. And they don't do dumb things. It's when you're out of peace, you do silly things. But when you have the peace of God that passes all understanding, settling you down, centering you, you'll make sure. I mean, the devil will try to push you to do something and you'll say, no, I will not do that. Jesus is Lord. I said it today. He is Lord over my body, my soul, my spirit, and all of my affairs. He is Lord. You know, there's no problem too big that he can't fix it. Amen. Because the devil will do this. He'll say, if you don't do this now, it'll get away from you. And there'll be no way you can, you know, that's how he gets you to do things. He makes you think that there's absolutely no way around it. But your God is bigger. And if he isn't, why are you worshiping him? But he is. He is. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Amen. Let's have a red bow and red <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. The Apostle John says, what manner of love is this? That we should be called your children. That we should be given the privilege of being your children. That we should be able to walk in the promises of God as your children. That we can have the armor of God as your children. That we can defeat the devil as your children. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. For everything that you've done for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are sorry for taking our eyes off you. The blesser and putting it on the blessing at times. We understand that as long as we keep our eyes on you. Everything else will work out. But some days we have to fight to keep our eyes on you. Some days we have to remember that we are more than conquerors. And that we can keep our eyes on you. Hallelujah.